This week's episode of Certified comes to you from ACE the OCS. This time of year, everyone is looking for practice tests to make sure they are ready for test day, and we've got an excellent suggestion to help you prepare to ace the exam. ACE the OCS is an updated practice test written for the 2021 exam with questions that feel similar to the actual test regarding their difficulty, question breakdown by body region, and content areas. The author includes several references and detailed explanations behind right and wrong answers for each question to help you learn. Please see the direct Amazon link in our show notes and order your copy today. Again, the name of the book is Ace the OCS, and you can order it directly through Amazon at the link in the show notes. This is Certified, the OCS Prep Podcast. I'm Alexis. And I'm Amanda. And we're here to help you prepare for your OCS exam. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to remind you that Amanda and I have created a Patreon page for the podcast this year. If you become a Patreon member, you can gain early access to episodes without ads, access to bonus episodes, a monthly newsletter with study tips, and more. You can join by visiting www.patreon.com slash certified OCS prep podcast. Also, if you're using MedBridge to study, you can get $175 off your yearly membership by using our affiliate code certified. If you have any questions about MedBridge or Patreon, you can email us at certifiedocspodcast at gmail.com. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to continue with our neck pain series, um, you know, cervical spine related topics. We decided to break these ones down similar to how we did for the low back series for this season. Again, just to make it a little bit easier, a little bit more digestible for you. So today we're going to go over neck pain with mobility deficits. I think this is probably the shortest, most straightforward subcategory. Um, Mobility deficits are going to include diagnoses of cervicalgia or pain in the thoracic spine. We're going to discuss the presentation, the examination and physical impairment measures that you want to make sure to include, and then any kind of interventions that are important. So patient presentation in this subpopulation, you're going to see restricted cervical range of motion Symptoms should be consistently reproduced with the same repeated movement. So, you know, if you're checking rotation, rotation to the right should consistently reproduce their pain. Symptoms are going to be relatively isolated to the neck. They can be central and or unilateral. Acute neck pain is going to be defined as duration less than 12 weeks. This is most common Based on research in younger individuals age less than 50, I think clinically I see it kind of across the lifespan. Um, Alexis, I don't know if you have any insight as to how you feel about younger individuals versus older individuals with mobility deficits, but... Yeah, I agree. I definitely see it across the lifespan. Um, But based on, you know, research and testing and that kind of information, I would just be aware that it's technically more prevalent in younger individuals. You may see patients that have mobility deficits with a referred shoulder girdle pain um, in some cases. The examination measures to be sure to include for this subgroup. You're gonna look for cervical active range of motion. You're gonna perform that either in sitting or supine based on patient's comfort. Pain again is gonna be reproduced at the end ranges of active and or passive motion. Cervical and thoracic segmental mobility assessment is important in this group. 
So it's kind of up to you as a clinician how you assess these, but most often with a PA glide or a side glide mobilization, um, I think most often these are performed in supine, not to say you can't do it in a different position. I think supine is generally the go-to just because patients relax, relax the best. The involved segments um, are going to be implicated with reproduced neck pain and referred pain or symptoms, maybe into the thoracic spine or, again, that shoulder girdle pain. The cervical flexion rotation test is really important in this subgroup. Basically, what you're doing in this test is assessing the passive rotation at the C1, C2 segment, which is where the majority of cervical rotation is going to come from. The patient is going to be supine. The clinician is going to maximally passively flex the cervical spine, so bring the chin all the way to the chest. The clinician is then going to passively rotate the head left and right until you reach the end range. As the clinician, you're going to quantify the range of motion either by visual estimation or one of the um, cranial range of motion devices that patients wear on their head. Um, I think clinically most often people do it by visual estimation. A positive test is a restriction or a difference in 10 degrees of side-to-side motion or less than 32 degrees of rotation. A positive um, cervical flexion rotation test is going to indicate hypomobility at C1 or C2. You should definitely be tipped off to perform this test if you just, in your active range of motion assessment, notice a significant range of motion deficit. You definitely want to go through this passively and see really where the deficit is at. In subacute and chronic cases of neck pain with mobility impairments, deficits may also be noted in cervical and scapulothoracic strength and motor control. So it's something to be aware of and definitely take a look at. We've gone over this a ton. I don't think we can reiterate it enough as to how important it is, but also when you're examining and evaluating neck pain patients, that reviewing of the medical screening. Um, It's especially important in this area, just being near the cranium, all the neurovascular structures that run through this area. Very similar process to what we've gone over in the low back, very similar red flags. Um, You know, if you're not familiar with those, there's lots of resources out there on those. You know, the neck pain intro episode goes over some of them also. So really just the most important thing to keep in mind during the medical screening, and they go over this in the neck pain CPG, is as the clinician, you need to consider if the patient is appropriate for PT treatment, if they're appropriate for more of a treatment and a referral, so some stuff is indicated for PT, other stuff may need more medical workup, or if they're really not appropriate for PT and are more appropriate for a referral out to another medical provider for evaluation. So again, that treat, treat and refer, or refer only Um, thought process. Um, That should kind of be going through your mind as you're doing your evaluation, um, you know, just based on clinical presentation. So interventions in this subcategory. In the acute subgroup um, with level B evidence, thoracic mobilizations are actually indicated. Um, And I think that's partially because sometimes in this really acute pain population, direct mobilizations and manipulation of the cervical spine aren't all that tolerable depending on how the patient's presenting or what type of pain they're having. So sometimes working at the CT junction or lower end of the thoracic spine can help. They do recommend cervical mobilization or manipulation though. That's a level C evidence. You're going to want to work on cervical range of motion, cervical stretching, and some isometric strengthening in the acute population. 
And you want to go over general fitness training and exercise with the advice and guidance to stay active and continue normal activities and movement. So same thing as we've talked about with the low back pain, same thing applies in the neck. Anything we can do as physical therapists to promote that normal mobility, normal activity is going to help prevent that chronicity in patients. So, you know, we want to deter bed rest, deter that like pain perseverating behaviors and mindset. And the subacute population, again, cervical mobilizations or manipulations are indicated, thoracic manipulation, and then they also recommend cervical scapulothoracic endurance exercises as a level of the evidence. So as we talked about in the clinical presentation, in subacute and chronic cases, you may notice more of that strength and motor control deficit, and that's mostly just due to the duration in which the patients have had these symptoms. It's more of a secondary issue but certainly something that's going to need addressed to get them maximum recovery. And then in the chronic um, subgroup for interventions with neck pain with mobility deficits, again, those thoracic manipulations or mobilizations, cervical mobilization, they talk about some modalities in this group. So potentially dry needling, low-level laser, um, pulsed or hyperultrasound, intermittent traction or TENS. I will tell you that there's lots of research articles kind of listed through the CPG, um, they're a little place in terms of what level of evidence they recommend for these things. So I would recommend using that as a resource and kind of going through those articles one by one if you need to. Um, but they're a little bit long and a little bit exhaustive for this episode. And then again, you want to go over patient education on the appropriate activities, remaining active with normal activities. And then you want to use an approach of combined cervical, scapular, and thoracic exercises. You want to incorporate some mobilizations, some neuromuscular reeducation coordination exercises, proprioception exercises, and postural retraining. Again, working on that cognitive effective element and education also. I think in these patients, too, the proprioception and postural retraining plays a larger and even larger role than it does in the subacute population, only because the longer you have symptoms, the more secondary consequences you get from being in that kind of chronic pain, that chronic stressful state. So those can play a little bit larger role. Again, the big take-homes from this subcategory are really knowing that cervical flexion rotation test um, to assess for rotation restriction and hypomobility at the C1, C2 junction, and then knowing the role of mobilizations really across the board, especially in thoracic spine, um, for neck pain with mobility deficits. Um, like I said, this subcategory is pretty short and sweet, kind of to the point. Some of the other ones we're going to get into, like headache and radiating pain, are a little bit longer and a little bit more involved. Um, Alexis, did you have anything you wanted to add to the mobility deficit subgroup? No, I think this one's pretty straightforward. So, again, like always, if there's any questions, concerns, need more clarification or help with resources in terms of special tests or whatnot, don't hesitate to send us an email. We're happy to get back to you. Um, there will be some bonus content um, based on cervical spine topics in the Patreon page. So if you that out yet, I would encourage you to do so. Um, other than that, happy studying and take care. Thank you very much.